Welcome to State House Soundbites, WITF's Pennsylvania Politics Podcast. I'm Katie Meyer, State Capitol Bureau Chief for WITF. You can hear my reports on public media stations across the state. We're in Little Lamp's Coffee Shop today. We're near the bathroom, so you're going to hear some ambient bathroom noise today. Um, but otherwise, it's kind of quiet, so we should be good. Um, with me is Jan from Penn Live, Patriot Jan Murphy. Hello. Thanks for Hi, coming Katie. down. Thanks for asking. Jan has to escape a little bit early today, so we'll just let her. She'll leave like mid-sentence, and then we'll continue on. <laughs> uh, we also have Jason Gottesman from lots of things. Yeah, I, I write for the PLS Reporter. I'm their Harrisburg Bureau Chief, and I also write for cityandstatepa.com. Uh, Every All once right. in a while, a couple yeah. times a week. So you'll see his name wherever. Um, On Google, the Googles. <laughs> Just all over that internet. Um, all right, so we had a really long week this week. It feels like it was really long. Um, the House passed a budget plan, uh, funny enough. The, they hadn't acted on it for over a month after the Senate sent them something in July. And then we got a conservative revenue package from them, no new taxes, and they passed it narrowly, uh, what, two nights ago? And now we're here waiting to see what happens next. So, Jason, what, do you, what, what are the details on all this? Well, so let's start with the details, I guess, of the I'm, – I'm sort of hesitant to call it a revenue plan since I don't think it brings in a ton of actual, like, revenue revenue. Right. I, I, I've just been kind of calling it a budget balancing plan since that's sort of its aim. Um, the, really, the, the lead on this, this is money that is part of a financial transaction, which is going to provide a billion dollars up front basically for someone to – Buy in exchange for like 1.4, 1.5 billion dollars of future tobacco settlement fund revenue. So basically, money that would be coming in over a 10-year period, about a third of that that's supposed to be dedicated to that tobacco settlement fund, which is filled with money from the master settlement agreement with the tobacco companies for um, you know their misdeeds with uh, not disclosing the negative effects of tobacco. I don't know. That was like before I was sentient um, <laughs> when Same. most of that stuff happened. But um, that we get about $350 million uh, a year from that master settlement agreement. Multi-state settlement. Yeah. Right, yeah. So um, the, the basically if, if somebody – and they're hoping that the, the two state pension systems will – they have a freighter first refusal on this. So basically provide um, a billion one, a billion dollars yeah. in upfront money and then they would be getting – 1.4, 1.5 billion over a 10-year period, so like 110 million dollars a year of this uh, tobacco settlement. So they're fund basically money. getting this billion dollars paid back plus four or five hundred million. Extra. Right. It's essentially a, like it's kind of like a loan. It's kind of like borrowing. People have just called it borrowing. It's, the it's, house hasn't wanted to call it that. The house is saying it's selling part of the tobacco plan. Right. Um, but I mean, basically, potato, potato, kind of. This is very similar to a plan that happened uh, that the Senate passed, where they would have been borrowing against this fund and. They were calling it borrowing, and everyone was like, we don't like borrowing. So now the House is doing a very similar thing, but calling it selling. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like the difference between a severance tax and an impact fee, I guess. Like, <laughs> we also um, saw them try to rename those this week. Yes, um, but more on the revenue package. It's also there's $630.5 million in transfers from these so-called special funds, and I'm sure you've talked about that yeah. before. So this is a portion of that quote-unquote taxpayer budget 
um, from the Taxpayers Caucus that was allegedly able to be balanced with about $2.4 billion in some of these transfers and one-time uh, revenue sources and uh, different things like that. Yeah. Uh, $225 million will be coming from gaming uh, for like a plan to be named later that they haven't settled on. Uh, yes. um, $400 million in prior year lapsed funds, so money that was budgeted last year but not spent. Um, they believe there's about $400 million of that. $50 million from changes in liquor licenses. And um, I believe I believe that's that's about it. I think that brings yeah. us. That's yeah. all the major stuff. So there's a lot of. I mean, like every item. Oh wait, two hundred million. Did you say from the Joint Underwriting Association? I did not say that. They yeah. uh, sued us last year when we tried to take that money. So that might end up just like they could just dissolve the entire Joint Underwriters Association because they won't give us the money. So right. we'll see what happens Yeah, they that. sued us last year when we tried to borrow it, and so this year we're just going to take it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, so anyway, uh, there's a lot of you know controversial elements in here. One of the big ones, Jen, is that, uh, and I think you've written about this, uh, um, those borrowing, or the borrowing from the special funds, those like basically skimming money, additional revenue, they say, off the special funds. People say that's going to affect services. Yeah, and it's. Um, I think that there there does people do need to the media needs to, as Dave Reed suggested, really dig in to see yeah. what exactly is the the fact here. Is it? I mean, is this money that's going to hurt those programs by taking it? Is it money that's already been committed? I mean, that that's what we're hearing from yeah. from the Democrats. But we haven't seen very much proof of. What. No, we've not seen proof of. I don't think of, of either. I mean, we just we just don't know what the what the deal is with it. But um, yeah, I mean, that's it, it'll be. I mean, is it surplus funds? I, I think that you know, once the Senate digs into it, um, we might that could <laughs> shed some light on whether or not this is money that is just sitting there idle and, and can be taken. But um, yeah, it's that. On the other hand, the one thing that I think is really a good thing to come out of this whole exercise is shining the light on all these hundreds of millions of dollars that are sitting in special funds that, you know, all the focus is always on the general fund. But now we have all these, you know, these other funds that people are suddenly becoming aware of that exist. That yeah. These are often known as their special funds or off-budget funds because you're right, they're not in the general fund. Um, I was talking to one representative, Kate Harper. She's a Republican, um, a moderate Republican. And she was saying, well, the reason we have these special funds is that when we created them, we couldn't trust ourselves to pay for these things. So we put them off the budget to keep them safe. Right. And so that's her one of her reasons for not supporting this plan. And she's one of a handful of Republicans who didn't because she says uh, we shouldn't be pulling from this money because um, she thinks. I mean, and it's it funds, by the way, it's for, I mean, PennDOT. Um, there's like a couple of funds that go to PennDOT for that. Yeah, environmental funds, lots of parks stuff. Um, it's really just kind of across the board, but those are some of the big ones. Um, so a lot of the people, a lot of the lawmakers, especially southeastern Republicans and then all Democrats, um, didn't like this because they say that's going to affect programs. Yeah, particularly the mass transit. I think yeah. that's the, the big concern for the southeastern lawmakers. Exactly, exactly. And now I do want to get into, because you mentioned, Jason, you called this a, uh, a budget balancing plan, not so much a revenue plan because there's yeah. not a lot of new revenue. We... There was a lot of intense debate on this bill uh, the other night when it did pass. Um, And the Democrats are saying, listen, if we don't fill in, you know, we have we have a deficit from last year. That's money that we didn't pay off last year that carried over. 
And then there's about 700-ish million more dollars that we need to fill in. Mm -hmm. And Democrats are saying, if we don't fill in that additional money, this isn't a one-time expense. It's going to come back next year. That that deficit's still going to be there. The Republicans are basically saying, no, no, uh, there's no structural deficit. I mean, that was the impression that I got the other night. Well, yeah, I think that there's been some debate over the last... Geez, I almost want to say like ten years. Almost a decade. I think two thousand nine. A deficit, like, really is. I mean, if you're, if for those of people who've been playing along for quite some time, um, you know, or follow, you know, I've been kind of following along. This deficit has been used to be like three billion dollars. Like when Corbett was first elected, where he's coming in with a three billion dollar deficit. Well, that three billion dollar deficit kind of existed in sort of like the parlance of legislative times up until this year almost where all of a sudden it was like okay well we have an actual deficit of 1.5 billion dollars and then we have a like structural deficit which is a quote-unquote actually speaking of uh, frank dermody just came in he's the minority leader in the house and he was an opponent of this plan jan's gonna go over yeah jan's Jan's doing trying trying to see what she can see Additional microphone, so we can share. Hey! All right, we have a celebrity guest. Uh, <laughs> so this is House Minority Leader Frank Dermody. We just saw him crossing the street and coming into Little Amps, and now he's here because um, we have persuaded him to come over. Um, so you know, we like to keep this a balanced podcast. Obviously, you do have a point of view on this, but you were involved in negotiations the other night uh, when we were just talking about the structural deficit. How there's some disagreement about whether. It exists, it appears now. Um, well, of course, it exists. It, it, and it's clear that it exists in the three, three caucuses in the governor and Wall Street. And everybody who understands budgets understand that, yes, it exists. It was built in over the years from balancing the budget with smoke and mirrors, non-recurring revenue. We have to pay our bills. The pension payments had to be made. Everything has to be made. The payments to school districts have to be made. And we have to address the issue. Um, do you think the Senate and the governor are going to agree to this plan that the House sent over? Obviously, you guys didn't like it, but I mean, like it passed it. anyway. Absolutely not. Well, it passed with 100, what, 103. And 103, one more than they needed, yeah. but it passed regardless. It passed, that's right. No, I don't, I don't believe it will ever become law. It's not real. It's the, that, that whole charade. Is, I mean, we've passed budgets that aren't real before, haven't we? This will not become law. No. All right. I do say we have passed budgets that aren't real, though, that's for sure. Yeah. And that's um, why we're in this mess. What light can you shed on it's going to happen uh, with, you know, today since we still don't have a revenue plan to have these bills, big bills? Yeah. yeah, we have bills coming. I don't know what the governor is going to do. I really don't. I, yeah. I'm interested. What's your fear? <laughs> What's your fear of what? Well, I, you know, you don't want significant cuts in programs that are meaningful. The school district's not getting paid. The state-related universities not getting what they need. Human services to the counties, what we went through last year, was devastating. And they're still feeling the impact of, of that problem, that impasse and here we're here we are again the folks who need services the most and who are rely on them should not be without um we're hearing and i guess we can say this because this is going to air later once we have this info on the record but uh we're hearing that the governor's just going to delay paying some of the payments as they come due until there's more money in the general fund that way he's not deficit spending but he's also not making intentional cuts elsewhere i mean do you think that's a reasonable way to handle this situation would be a reasonable way to handle this situation is come to harrisburg and pass a realistic budget 
one that has recurring revenue, one that takes care of the budget deficit. And be truthful with the people of Pennsylvania that we have a deficit, that we need to raise revenue to run the government. The government needs to fund the programs that are out there that we're committed to, that by law we have to fund. That's what we should be doing. The the, the, the Republicans uh, on Wednesday nights sort of indicated that they were – this was a necessary step in order to restart negotiations with the Senate – and the governor, they had to vote on something that they could support. This is what they could support. What, what is, in your mind, what is the benefit of doing that? Is that a real thing, or could these negotiations have started in a more constructive manner? They could have absolutely that? started in a more constructive manner. And to suggest that we had to go through this exercise and come up here and cost the taxpayers all this money to, to pass something that they know is not good, that makes it clear they know that's not going to become law ever. They know that. And yet here we are fooling around with this type of thing to send something back to the Senate. We need to sit down, and we need to hammer this out. We are willing to cooperate. They said concur. We're willing to work on concurrence. If that they can't concur, if there are other sources of revenue, they, they have ideas that we can come up with to fill that gap. You've got to fill the gap. Um, then we're willing to talk about that. And when you guys are talking about that gap, it's like that six, seven, seven, fifteen, hundred million. Hundred million dollars. Yeah. And that, that was they were complaining about the gross receipts tax. Well, you know, let's increase the shale tax. If we want to do a small increase in the personal income tax, they say no. The governor said he wouldn't do it. Believe me, if we could get an agreement with the Senate on a slight increase in the yeah. personal income tax, and the it passed, not opposed he'd be a, a happy guy. He'd be tax. a very happy guy. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's kind of where it stands, isn't it? Um, are you guys? Are you back in session on Monday, right? I don't think so. I don't. No. I really don't know. But I don't think we're scheduled next week. Originally, we weren't scheduled. We were going to be there, of course, if we were still here trying to hammer something right. out. You were supposed to be here till we pass something, which you have now. Um, <laughs> of sorts. Six hours. Yeah, I believe. I believe we recessed the call of the chair, and okay. uh, we'll see what he does today. And so now, I mean, are you expecting to wait until the Senate does something? Wait for their, you know? Well, we'll have to see what the governor does, and I think we go from there. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. we'll let you well, enjoy your thank coffee. Thank you. Yeah, I've got a meeting, but thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Thank you. We'll see you later. <laughs> I, I can't say structural deficit anymore. <laughs> that was nice. So that's yeah. Frank Dermody. Um, and, yes, his caucus, uh, the House Democrats, they are in a pretty small minority in the House. None of them voted for this budget plan. Uh, passed anyway. But uh, we will see where it goes. They haven't really been a huge part of negotiations um, this whole for a couple of years, really. Well, I, I don't know about a couple of years. I mean, Maybe there a couple was of years, but like this last the, year, the last two years. It's, the dynamics are funny because when when the House Republicans generally, when they want to send a message to the Senate, is when they go and reach across the aisle in their chamber. And you saw that last year with uh, a revenue plan. You saw that last year. With uh, our last session with property taxes, you saw that last session with pension reform, where they reached over to the Democrats and said, "Look, this is, you know, this is what the House can do." Yeah. And some, for some reason, in the first, uh, you know, nine and a half months of this new session, that sort of has kind of gone by the wayside in terms of a strategy. The House Republicans have at least uh, publicly. Uh, in, endorsed uh, as a way to try to get things moving with the Senate. So Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really difficult to even like, extrapolate what's going to happen next with negotiations because, as you said, this plan was never very likely to become law. Um, it's sort of one of those things where they have to just kind of try everything to, I like to say, to make everyone uniformly sad about their options. And right. then And th- th- then compromise eventually. But we could, I mean, we're looking at a, we're almost three months into this no budget situation, no real budget situation. I mean, do you guys, like, 
you have any predictions for how long this could go without being balanced? Like, does this look like, I mean, in, I don't want to look at 2015, but maybe 2009, they went until October that year. Um, I mean, are there any parallels you guys can think of? I don't know if this is, I mean, I think this is sort of, I don't want to say totally unprecedented because I don't know, like, the entire, like, you know, multi-century history of the Pennsylvania General Assembly. <laughs> but the last 50 years. Um, you know, it's, I think we're in uncharted waters. We have a spending plan, but we don't have a way to fund it entirely. Yeah. Uh, but as people in the House Republican Caucus have always said, there's still money coming in, which is sort of their way, I think, of saying there's not a ton of pressure really to get... And he'd like, we'll have money to pay the bills. Might not be today, but we might have it in a couple of months. So people will get paid, just might not be on time. Sure. So, and, that, and that could re- really, I mean, as Representative Dermody just referenced, that, you know, after that 2015 budget ordeal and, you know, that went so long, a lot of these agencies really had to dip into their reserves. Now they're, right. they're like, white clean. So, yeah. I mean, I do think that we could see, like, these, these IOUs will not be accepted by every program that's that's funded from the state that says, oh, okay, you're going to oh, give us the money when you get it, fine. I don't think that – I do think that we're going to begin to see some pressure in the coming weeks to, to get this done. I mean, states – I mean, like private institutions almost, they do borrow from outside you know, people all the time. And states usually have a lot of clout. They're trusted entities because states have a lot of money and a lot of ways to pay bills. But when you see a state – I mean, I always think of Illinois where people don't really trust Illinois to pay back bills, or they didn't until they had a budget recently. Um, I mean, that can happen in a state situation. And – well, what's interesting is now we have the Treasurer and Auditor General saying no more borrowing, right. and so if they stick if they stick to their guns, it. I mean, <laughs> I think that will definitely cause pressure to yeah. build. Yeah, there 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 is pressure, but I think 2015 when we didn't have a budget plan for months and months and months and months, um, you know, I think we saw from the legislative side that that pressure, like most things around here, sort of becomes politicized and how that's used as to where the point the fingers i mean they've already, they've already been started to do that oh, right yeah. which is you know where's the you know the republicans say where's the governor been you know other republicans say where's the house republicans been you know democrats um, you know pretty uniformly are pointing their fingers uh, across the aisle so i mean the pressure the pressure is there it's just what you know what do people want to do about it i don't think that there's an entirely foreseeable end game at least yeah. at least in the next you know two to three weeks i mean maybe by the end of the month maybe i guess so you know i know we talk sometimes you know amongst ourselves about these pressure points right like you have one around columbus day you'll have one it's always the around, holidays right, around election day around thanksgiving around christmas and those are the times when things sort of boil you know try to come to a head because they don't want to leave town without having something done right, so. and then they ruin our thanksgiving yeah um <laughs> really sad. Which is really sad. So if you're listening and you're a lawmaker, please don't do that. Um, Jan looks like she's trying to leave. Um, <laughs> all right. See you, Jan. Uh, thank you for coming down. Thank you. So, Jason, I do yes. want to just, like, there's a couple more points I sure. think we should hit before we go. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. I got distracted. Um, I don't know. What do you want to talk about next? What's the, what are the things I haven't hit yet? Um, you know, I think, I think the really interesting thing what what'll be seen what remains to be seen is exactly how the Senate is going to deal with this plan because yeah. they have a lot of different options. Um, you know, one they they could sit on it and try to let the pressure build because by and large, although the House sent over a fiscal code bill, there's still a lot of bills that the Senate passed yeah. that would comprise of a balanceable revenue plan 
that are in the House. Um, so they could sort of sit on this thing and say, no, you know, we're still insisting on what we do. We're going to revert to the prior printer number on this fiscal code bill, send it back over, and, you know, you're going to have to do that. Or, you know, I've heard some people say, a la Ed Rendell's first budget, they could kind of give the House Republicans their wish and move this thing right on through and, and kind of blame them for the, the you know, the outcome or, or whatever. Um, it I've never heard works well. Right. No, it doesn't, but, I mean, it's an option. Yeah. Or, you know, or that this this could, in fact, really kickstart negotiations, especially with what the governor might uh, announced today in terms of delaying payments um, or what what might happen in terms of the next few weeks as, uh, you know, more information becomes known about yeah. the, the impacts of what's going to be happening for not having a budget. So, I mean, it could kickstart negotiations into a place where uh, there's a, a, you know, constructive dialogue amongst all sides and there's, uh, you know, a real revenue plan. As we saw, as Leader Dermody said earlier, they, the Republicans said multiple times that they know this is not going to become law. It's going to be the next step in negotiation. So, yeah. um, you I know, mean, we'll see. I, I do want to also, because we've talked about this in the podcast before, but um, I think it's worth reiterating that, like, we don't have any real deadlines anymore in right. this state. I mean, we used to have lots of them. There used to be, uh, if the budget wasn't passed by June 30th, then no state employees would get paid and, right. and everything would kind of shut down. Right. Um, that doesn't happen anymore. We used to have that, uh, I don't know, nobody officially got rid of this rule, but we've started circumventing it that uh, we can't pass a spending plan without passing a revenue package. And if right. you can't pass a spending plan, then you can't spend any money. So um, we've circumvented that by passing the spending plan without the revenue. And so I really like what we're doing now, and I think what the governor has been trying to do by using the treasurer and auditor general as sort of a, an arm of the administration is mm-hmm. saying, well, all right, like we kind of have deadlines because we can't just take loans out from the treasury forever. Um, they have to stop at some point. Uh, Republicans would argue that, I mean, if you were going to stop doing that, it should have happened last year because we went into a deficit then, too. Right. But, um, I mean, you know, how do we – there's really no way to give these people, these guys a deadline. Well, there. I think that there's – now that some of these reserve funds, even at this, the local school district level or local government level, have been spent down from the 15 impasse. Now, some of those have been brought back up, and that's, you know, not, not any sort of secret that there are certain school districts that have large – uh, budget reserves. There's yeah. some school districts that have no budget reserves. Well, but, it's really, I mean, right. <laughs> across the state, schools are super not equal. In right. Yeah. Sure. And um, I know that's something that they're trying to to work on. But mm. that, but that, you know, besides besides the point. Yeah. Um, you know, there there are actual still deadlines, right? There's there's payments that need to be made to school districts, right? Like, so yeah. there's one in October. Like, that's a real thing. That's like, a if real that, thing. If that payment doesn't get made, that means the school districts aren't getting their money, and that's going to have uh, some real implications for whether some of these, um, you know, low, you know, these these schools that rely on state funding like Chester Upland, Duquesne, uh, Philadelphia yeah. can actually remain open for uh, a significant period of time or provide services the way they are. So that's like a, that's like a real deadline. We saw that in 15 where, you know, the 15 impasse where when once these deadlines for when the state had to make these huge chunks uh, of payments to local governments, particularly school districts, came up. It became a real serious thing. Of course, you know you have, um, you know, nonprofits that rely on this money. Uh, different, you know, funding. Pe- I mean, it, it, it will have a, an impact. It's a little. It rains a little bit to be seen how that happens now. Since yeah. again, there is a spending plan. There is money coming in. Some money coming out right. uh, now. So. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's kind of why, and that's a good point to bring up, that we do have these big payments due, because that's, I mean, today is a good indication of how the state's going to handle that, because we right. have, 
you know, a payment, a, a mandatory payment, really, that's due to insurers, as we said before. And right. we don't know this officially at this point, but by the time we release this, we will know that the government's just going to delay it until they do have the money. Sure. So, I mean, can we do that for schools? Does that work for everyone? Schools well, don't have as much flexibility as insurers do. Right. Well, that's that's exactly right. Um, I, you know, I've kind of heard off the record that, yeah, in the next, like, two weeks, like, people are going to really notice maybe a whole bunch of difference from, you know, this, this delayed payments. But once you get into October and November and the state's not making these payments, then, no, for some schools, uh, again, they don't have any, any reserves or, or large reserves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, teachers still need to get paid. Pension yeah. obligations... Uh, still need to be funded. Uh, you know, students are still coming in, and you know, again, in these these poor, you know, poor areas that don't have large uh, amounts of property taxes coming in to fund the schools, they're incredibly reliant on state aid to just pay their normal bills. Yeah. They have people, you know, students who are relying on state programs for, um, you know, things uh, and federal programs for like free and reduced lunch, um, you know, social services, education services that might you might not find in maybe some of your more affluent districts who have large property tax revenues, I mean, then they're really not reliant uh, entirely on the state. And they could probably make it through, year, you know, a year or two uh, with, with you know, not seeing much of an impact except maybe in extracurricular activities or different things. But the education portion would be all right. So th- for some schools, this does have a really incredible impact very yeah. early. For some, not so much. But it, it is something that will obviously be, uh, you know, making making news in certain areas as those impacts are starting to be yeah. felt. So basically, even though we don't have official deadlines, there are some really... Yeah, there's practical deadlines, for sure. points coming up here. Um, all right. I mean, I think that kind of does it. We have, there, we're going to know more um, about this whole situation with how we're you know, going to pay our bills, I think, by the end of today, hopefully. But until then, I guess just, like, keep up with our reporting. Jason, is there anything else you're looking at in the next week or two? Um, you know, it's kind of all budget all the time, I yeah. think, right now. And I think the legislature is largely focused on that. Um, you know, there are some some things that, um, you know, are still looming out there that um, once the budget gets done that I think will pop up again. The statute of limitations reform. Uh, there's that uh, big abortion bill that's kind of hanging out there. Which um, one? The one to make uh, dilation and extraction illegal? Yes. yes. So Senate Bill 3, I think, is that what, is what that is. That would basically narrow how abortions can be performed and narrow how early they can be performed. Right. But there's a political reality to working on um, higher profile and controversial social issues <laughs> while you can't get the bread and butter issues of paying the bills done. Yeah. So, so those will be a delay. Yeah. Those are kind of put on the, the back burner for right now. But, you know, once they get done, they have a lot of legislative time to kill until the next budget kerfuffle. Depends on how long this kerfuffle takes. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and uh, but you know when they when there's uh, legislative time to kill, they they start taking on some of these other bigger uh, social or uh, or societal issues that. Um, that that they perceive need to be uh, acted on by the legislature. So those will be happening. So we'll never be bored. No. Um, (laughs) All right. Uh, I think that about does it for today. Stay tuned for whatever happens with the state paying its bills. Um, And we will be back next week. 